Welcome to WISE, a podcast for women introverts, sensitives, and empaths. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, business coach, functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and former private chef. WISE is all about mindset, entrepreneurship and business, food and nutrition, spirituality, relationships, and ultimately living your purpose, all through the lens of the sensitive, introverted, and empathic woman. I know you might feel like the information out there isn't suited for you, but this is because we're powerful, strong, and deep, and we've got potential. Let's begin to let that out right now. Hey friends, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Wise. Today we have our first guest on the show and I was so happy to bring in one of my best friends, Kim Shaper, who is a women's wellness coach. She's a personal trainer, a hormone expert on the show for just a quick about 25 minute conversation talking about navigating discomfort, struggle, uncertainty, specific tools that we can use right now during this wild time to help us feel better, especially for sensitive and empathic women. Kim also provided us a quiz that we can take to see what we need with our hormones. So you can find that quiz in the show notes. Also, please definitely follow her on Instagram. She posts a ton of hormone, fitness, and nutrition-related content. She's also really funny and silly and she is an empath and sensitive person just like all of us. I also wanted to thank you all for tuning in last week and just giving me really great feedback and welcoming me back even though this is a new podcast or a new name of this podcast. Um, I just really felt um, supported by you all and I really appreciate your messages, your shares, your excitement over this new venture. So I just wanted to let you know that I am super grateful for you and I appreciate you tuning in every week. We have several interviews coming up in the next couple weeks along with solo episodes from me. So stay tuned for all of that. I also wanted to let you know that as many of you know already, I'm in a cooking, I'm sharing a lot of cooking content right now on Instagram. And in the next several weeks, I'm going to be announcing a cooking continuity group that is going to be a membership program for you to have your meals planned for you. So I'm going to be providing you shopping lists, a batch cooking plan, pretty much taking all of the guesswork out of what you're going to make, how you're going to make it, organizing your week. I see this problem all the time and I'm finally ready to offer something, you know, pretty inexpensive so that you can have your week all planned out for you. Just a little bit of a heads up, the connection in this episode wasn't awesome because all of the people are working in my building now from home. Uh, it has been a little bit more challenging to have perfect internet. So the ending gets a little bit cut off, but I'm going to go in and hop in at the end to wrap things up. But thank you guys for being here. I appreciate you all. And I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for being here with me today, Kim. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So I wanted to bring you on today because you are truly a sister to me. And I just love you so much. And thinking back to like how we met, like almost, I don't know, two and a half years ago, 
we've become like it's crazy to me that I followed you for a long time before we ever became friends. That's um, so funny. I know. I never knew that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like you and I have so many similarities with our stories and uh, things that we've been through in our lives. And I feel like because of those struggles and everything that we've been through, for us, it was really around eating and body stuff, mm-hmm. um, that we are better people because of them, because of 100%. those struggles. And we're also right. both introverted. Uh, well, you're a little more extroverted than I am. But um, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> we're both sensitive and empathic people and we are yes. very intuitive. Yes, very much. Very, very intuitive. Much. And, on, and, and, and you know what I have to tell you, Ashley, is that as we become closer friends, I've really looked up to you in that sense and thought, wow, okay, she's so intuitive. She's very empathic. She listens to her intuition and her gut to help guide her. And it's, it's brought me a sense of comfort knowing that it's not abnormal or weird and that I need to lean into that more. So you might not know it, but you've been such an inspiration to me to really follow that because for a long time I've neglected that. But the more we do that, the more where things create more clarity for sure. A hundred. That means so much to me that, that you say that, because I think that we all sort of feel that. And I think that sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, what our intuition is telling us can be the harder thing to do sometimes. Oh, that's so true. You know, and we don't, we don't want, we don't want to listen. We don't want to listen. We're like, shut up. I don't want to do that thing. (laughs) I'd rather have things be easier and whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and in my case, it's been like, okay, I, I hear something and I, then it's up to us to choose to listen to it or not. And sometimes typically more often than not, it's like, okay, the thing that I know I need to do is going to be harder than Mm -hmm. the conventional decision or the thing that I should do and all of that. And it's not easy, but I think that they're not. And I think that like the more sensitive you are, the more empathic you are, uh, and the more intuitive you are, I think that it correlates directly with like anxiety also. Ah, yes. You know, and I know that both of us- Because I think that we just feel deeper, like for us to be able to tap into uh, intuition and listening to your gut or whatever it is, you have to have some sort of sensitivity and you have to be able to go actually listen to that. And because of that, Mm -hmm. I feel like you're more susceptible to other emotions like anxiety, depression, and all of that. And we both know that like if we don't move for a day, that like if we sit too much, like those thoughts are going to be creeping up. Um, yes, you know, and we relate to that a lot. So like, let's just get started by, you know, you telling us like what you do now, how you got to Mm -hmm. do that. And, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and first off too, let me just say that your audience is so lucky to have you and I love what you've done with your podcasts and the way you've kind of transferred into some of more of the empathic stuff. And I mean, it's just, it's phenomenal. So I just love what you're doing. Your audience is so lucky to have you. Yeah. That means Um, so, you know, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, I love you. Um, so I think a big piece was the, the first few years of my branding was all about, okay, fitness and body image and fat loss and so forth. And I think you have to kind of get into the business to some extent, something around those lines where it's kind of your lowest hanging fruit. Um, and I think because of our disordered eating background, that felt very easy for me to kind of tap into. Mm-hmm. And then over time, I'm, I'm 40 now, I started noticing that I was, even though I was like, you know, preaching, hey, okay, you can, you know, have fat loss and you can have a healthy body image at the same time. 
I was also noticing I was dealing with a lot of hormone issues. So I was really tired all the time. I was bloated all the time. Um, I was dealing with night sweats and I was having mm. these, these host of issues. And here I was thought I was like an, an imposter because I'm like, gosh, I'm dealing with these other things and I can't figure out what they are. But yet here I am promoting health to my audience. And so I really made sure I dove in deep and was trying to figure out what I could do to get myself well. And I saw some different functional medicine doctors rather than conventional because they weren't giving me the answers that I wanted. And I read a ton of books and I really dove in more to kind of like holistic health and um, did a lot more research on hormonal health and everything was like checked off. I'm like, yes, okay, I was experiencing this and this and this. And so a, a couple of prime examples were um, I was very low in vitamin B. And so B is like your energy source. And so mm -hmm. I was very low and deficient in B12. And so once I started getting B12 shots, I instantly felt better with more energy. Um, I was on uh, a couple different antidepressants and I realized that my thyroid was very, very low um, compared to what the doctors might say is within normal range. I was very symptomatic. And then once I got my thyroid regulated, a lot of my depression lifted. So I was noticing things like that and then changed some of my eating habits um, because I was dealing with so much bloating and inflammation. And once I started fixing seen a lot of that. I'm like, wow, I can't be the only one that's going through this. And so that has kind of shifted some of my messaging more into, yeah, like women's whole health, women's overall sense of wellness, hormones, optimization, all of that, because it's never just one thing. It's not just, okay, let me just eat well and everything will be fine. It's, you have to look at the entire picture. So that's exactly. kind of what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. I love it. And it's, and for you, I think it's perfect. And for everybody that listens to this podcast, like I think you know, I don't know a woman who's never struggled with her weight or food or her body at some point. Yeah. And we think that like, oh, the problem is the body. The problem is the food. But unless you address all of these other holistic issues, like it's yes. not going to get solved. Ever. No, not at all. Not at all. And I have, I have, you know, women that are like, all right, what supplement should I take? What do I need to take? I know. Like, it doesn't, you can take any supplement in the world. If you're not managing your stress, or you're not dealing with your emotions and feelings and getting to the root of some of the stuff, none of that's going to change. That's all just surface stuff. Exactly. So I, and getting back to the very beginning piece that we were talking about is really kind of leaning into that deeper sense of intuition, that sense of self, because so many women I think are petrified of that. They're afraid to feel. And so it's easy just to numb out and stay really, really busy all the time or, um, you know, whatever it may be, or fixate on, on losing five pounds rather than looking behind that and saying, okay, I'm actually more upset that I can't have a difficult conversation with my husband or, mm. um, you know, whatever it may be. So I think, you know, kind of taking a step back and looking at it from that perspective is, is very important. Totally. And, you know, you and I, I think we connect so deeply because we have both been through eating disorders, mm -hmm. even like within, you know, we both have a younger sister, parents, like we both kind of like have a very similar upbringing and everything and things that we've been through. And I can always mm -hmm. tell, like, I can always appreciate when somebody's like been through some shit, you know? Yes. Like, yes. I have a deep, like instantly when I meet somebody, I'm like, I know that you've overcome something. And not to say that like mm -hmm. nobody that has ever gone through anything is like, you know, not somebody I want to be around, around or anything like that. But I can just tell that the gifts and honestly, like the gold that comes from going through struggles and the insights and the depth and the substance that comes from that mm -hmm. is, I don't want to say it's worth it because it's like not like 
sometimes we go through like really shitty things, but Mm -hmm. it's a way of perceiving it, I think, that, um, you know, makes you better later. So in your case, like how have the struggles that you've been through made you a better person in a sense, more insightful or anything? And I, and I really want to ask this question right now in the time that we're going through like COVID-19, because this is a really, really hard time for a lot of people. And you know, Ashley, it really is. It's really hard. Yeah. Even like in, in all levels, there's people who have mm-hmm. completely lost their jobs, literally can't pay rent to even people who are at home with their kids right now. And I'm mm-hmm. really trying to view this time as like, okay, like maybe we can go inward. We yes. can view this as a time that we can get better later because mm-hmm. that's like what the struggles have always done for me. So in your case, how have the struggles that you've been through made you a better person? Gosh, that's, a, that's such a great question. So insightful. You know, I think um, number one is I, I kind of bring it back to, okay, what I've gone through, I like to get well, apply it to myself so then I can help other people. I think yes. that's a big piece of what I enjoy doing. It's kind of like, all right, I'll be the, the punching bag. Let me figure out how to get through this and suffer. And that way I can teach other people how to get through it much quicker than I did. So I yes. think that, I, I don't know if yes. that's a good or bad answer, but I, that's part of it. Um, but I also think too, the times when I've been the most uncomfortable, the times that I, I was like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to get through this? Like, is there a light at the end of the tunnel? I feel like I'm trudging through mud, even though it was so brutal at that time, it prepared me for something more later on. So it just, it just built a sense of resilience. So for an example, when I was going through all my food stuff, I thought, oh my gosh, I never want to be anorexic again. It was like the worst experience I've ever gone through. And then I was able to, to get through that and build that resilience. And then when I got divorced um, from my first husband and he was a total sociopath and narcissist. I thought, Oh my gosh, I I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And then I was able to take a step back and say, you know what? I got through all of my eating disorder stuff. If I can Mm -hmm. get through that, I can get through this. And so I feel like it's like stepping stones. It prepares you for something more. What I think too, is that like these different things, you know, something that really stood out to me with what you were saying was that, this teaches you how to handle discomfort. And it I really think, does. And I think mm-hmm. that that is the biggest takeaway because I think especially as a sensitive person, since we feel more, we're more apt and more uh, just, it's more probable for us to feel these things. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it's easier to go to something else to numb or distract or whatever. So absolutely. through the years, what are some, and I think the discomfort is with anything like, with, you know, food and maybe wanting to eat when you're not hungry and, you know, developing tools to not do that or in a relationship going through something really difficult and wanting to distract yourself and leave or even just feeling like uncomfortable emotions in general or growth or getting to a better job or something, uh, especially mm-hmm. like with what we do for our jobs. It's like yeah, discomfort, but yes. constant growth. Um, so what are some ways that you've been able to withstand that discomfort that has made you stronger as a result? Yeah, you know, so a couple things, and I, I try to talk about this quite frequently, because I think a lot of people, they need the coping tools, like they know, okay, I have that awareness, okay, this is what I'm doing, but how can I stop? Because I think what creates anxiety and fear is the gap between knowing that the behaviors you're currently doing aren't working but yet the other behaviors seem so foreign to you. So how can you close those gaps? How can you bridge totally. the two 
where yes. the new behaviors, the new coping mechanisms feel good and the old ones no longer are worth serving you. Because yes. I think a lot of women get caught in, okay, well, these patterns, you know, these coping mechanisms, whatever they may be, but emotional eating, you know, over-exercise, shopping, addiction, what have you. Um, they know that at one point they serve their purpose, they help them, but now they're realizing, okay, they're backfiring against me. Maybe they're going in debt. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, the exercise doesn't give them the high that it once did. Maybe the food isn't working like it once did. So they know deep down and have that awareness that, okay, this stuff isn't working anymore, but what do I need to do to create something else and not fall back? Because I, I look at it as you have two different paths. You have one path that um, is, is clean paven. There's no trees or branches in the way. You can just walk effortlessly. And that's currently the path that some of us might be on. And then you have another path where you have to you know, trudge through the mud. You have to pull all the branches down. You have to create a new path. You have to lay down concrete, whatever it may be. And so that feels so overwhelming and so scary. So then it's easy just to retreat back to our old path, even though it's not serving us anymore. So I think that the biggest piece in a lot of this is really developing those, those proper coping tools. Yes. So what I would suggest is number one is uh, really having that sense of feeling grounded. Uh, one thing I always recommend is to literally, I, I know it's still really cold in some areas, but for you to take your shoes off, <clears throat> go out into the grass or wherever you can and just wiggle your toes and feel the ground beneath you. And just look at your feet because one thing that tends to perpetuate anxiety or depression is we get so caught up in our ruminating thoughts that we obsess so much about the future or about the past that it brings us into a negative state of mind. So by looking at our feet and really grounding ourselves, even if we can't get outside with our shoes off, even if we just look down at our feet, if we're in like a meeting or a conference call or something, just looking at your feet, bringing your awareness back to the present moment it really does make a difference. Um, secondly, is is learning to to moderate, you know, some of the distress. So, one thing that I don't always recommend is if someone's really emotionally heightened. So, let's say that they're they're really worked up. They you know they can't stop crying. They feel like everything is kind of catastrophic, and they feel like the peak of the wave. Because if you think about it, all of our emotions have the peak. So it starts off, it starts off, it starts off. And then you have that peak, which mm-hmm. is the feeling of feeling very, very overwhelmed. And then you kind of come down the other side. And when we're feeling very overwhelmed at that peak, it's very hard for us to fathom that we can come down the other side. So that's when I think, okay, what can you do to kind of to, to regulate yourself a little bit? So maybe that means that you get outside and you go for a walk. Or maybe that means that you, um, you know, get an adult coloring book and color, or you call a friend, or you go for a drive. And I'll usually have my clients create a list before they get to this state, because when you're in that state, it's very hard to do to create a list. So I have them create an active and a passive list. So you literally take a sheet of paper. On one side, you put active. On the other side, you put passive. You draw a line down the middle, and you write down all the things that you could do that would be active. So active would be, okay, going for a walk, going for a jog, um, taking your dog out, going for a drive, uh, whereas sitting down and reading. And so that's why I really like for my clients to do the coping ahead skills before they actually have this emotional dysregulation. Because when you're in the moment, it's very hard to kind of regulate yourself. So if you have this list, it's like, okay, let me try and choose from these. And the reason why I want them to have an active and a passive list is because 
let's say that someone's binging in the kitchen. You can't just say, okay, well, just go sit down on the couch right by the kitchen and start knitting. Many times yeah. they have to actually get out of the house, right? Exactly. So, um, and then also too, sometimes like one coping skill might not work. So maybe calling a friend, you get off the phone, you're like, oh, I'm still really fired up. I'm still feeling really off. Okay, well, pick another thing off that list. So really try and think about which ones feel best for you and just work your way down. And then you'll, at some point, you'll, your emotions will start to subside. You'll calm down. You'll feel, you'll, it'll feel easier. Um, you won't feel like you're avoiding all of your feelings as much. Um, and then after that, I typically, if the client is not too exhausted from feeling super emotional is just take a few minutes and journal about it. Like what came up for you? What did you feel like your triggers were? Um, what were some of the emotions you were feeling? Can you identify what they are? Um, how, how do you think you could have done it differently or what would you do differently next time? And then I, I, I'm a huge component of therapy. So I think bringing that to your therapist or, you know, a mentor that you trust or someone else that you trust to really talk it through makes a world of a difference. It totally does. And, and with what you were saying, like being in the midst of those emotions, like sometimes it literally feels like if I can't eat this chocolate, I'm going to die. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to feel that intense. And like the last thing we want yes. to write then is like, go journal. You know what I mean? Oh, for but, sure. For sure. But that act is, is uncomfortable. And through that mm. discomfort is when we start getting better. And I really think that like, if we take just an overarching view of all of this, it is knowing that no feeling can ever really destroy us. That's so true. That's so, yeah. even around our period, it can't. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, we know like you and I literally got our period oh on the God. same day this past week. Yes. <laughs> it's like we're not even near each other right now. And like it was early for both of us and we still got it on the same day. And yes. you know, I was like, what the hell? But um, I know, I know. And I, I remember I was like, Ashley, something's not right. I know. I'm falling apart. My life is over. And you I said, know. well, I just got my period today. I'm like, that's what it is. Yes. That's what it is. Exactly. And yes. you literally like, I'm like around like those first few days, I'm like, I hate my life so yes. much. And right. I like, we just start making things up around what we think and, and everything. And I think that like being able to tolerate that discomfort is the thing that makes you better. And because once you get through it, once you do it once, like you were talking about the emotions, like you feel something and, and it builds and builds and builds and then it peaks. Once mm -hmm. it starts going down, you're like, oh, wow, I didn't actually need the shopping or mm -hmm. spending money or the food or obsessing. Mm -hmm. I didn't actually need any of that. Right, right. And yeah. that's when that's when I think it's also important too to do the opposite actions. So yes. and this is where it's super uncomfortable, like yes. you said about the chocolate piece, where yes. you want to do something so so bad, it's like this addiction in you. It's like you have to do it to to get that hit, but mm -hmm. then choosing to do something different, even though you feel like you're a two year old throwing a temper tantrum. Totally. Um I'll never forget like that's my accurate. uh it is. I remember like, I don't know, 10 years ago or so, I was obsessed with bananas. And I thought, if I do not have a banana right now, my muscles are going to atrophy and life is over. Yes. And so I would pitch these fits and I'd be like, I have to get a banana right now. And my mom would be like, Kim, the store is closed. I don't care. I have to find a banana. Let me yeah. go to the, you know, the gas station. And it was so bizarre, but you're so right. Like you feel like if you don't have it right then, life is over. But then you work through it and you're okay. You know? Exactly. And you're able mm -hmm. to, when you 
and these things. And that's why I think like going back to what we were talking about, like having a lifetime of, or many, many, many years of eating disorders and stuff, like which are very hard, those Mm -hmm. things, like surviving those things and being resilient prepares you for the next thing, whatever it is. So I'm like, if I can survive this Mm -hmm. quarantine, like (laughs) being here right now, like I can do anything. And what's, what's beautiful about it too, is that, um, you know, that you think that you can't, or you, I think we think that it's always going to be worse than it actually is. So like going through this quarantine and me going through like other personal struggles right now as well. Like Mm -hmm. if somebody would have told me that I'd be going through these things as I'm going through quarantine, I would have been like, Oh my God, like, I'm just going to like, like, I don't know. I can't survive that, (laughs) you know, but going through it now, I'm like, Oh, like I'm going through it real time and it's actually not as bad as I thought it would be. And I'm surviving mm-hmm. it. So, right. right. And, and putting and one foot in front of the surviving. other every day. It, it, yeah. And I think you're surviving it because in your past, you've already prepped to be at this event. It, exactly. You've already like prepped yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And it is, it's about putting one foot in front of the other and just doing the next thing. Many times I think we feel like we have to overwhelm ourselves and inundate, inundate, inundate ourselves with all of this stuff in order for it to work. But many times it's, okay, what's the next best thing I can do today? Just focusing on today, focusing on this moment, because what it, whatever it is we're going through, many times it's so embedded in our minds and it fills our mind like 80 or 90% of the day. And we think, can we ever get through this? Is my mind ever going to clear from this stuff? And the answer is yes, but you just have to take one step at a time and put one foot in front of the other. And some days you're going to have it and then some days you're not. And that's when I think it's also important too, to not have all of these assumptions in your head, creating these stories, because it's very easy to do that as well. And all right, friends. So as you can see, we got a little bit cut off there, but Kim was talking about the book, The Four Agreements and how we should not you know, take things personally and how most importantly, as sensitive people that we shouldn't create stories around what things mean. But, and the thing is in that case, in terms of taking things and making them into stories, what happens is that we typically go into worst case scenario or negativity. So it's just important to be aware of these things. But I hope you guys got some insights from this episode. I hope you can use the tactical tools like grounding and doing the active and the passive activities in order to begin to feel better. But I can't wait to share what I have for you coming up. And I hope you have a wonderful week and look forward to talking to you much more soon. Thank you so much for listening to WISE. If you want to get in touch with me, or if you want to submit a question to be answered on this podcast, please send me a DM and follow me on Instagram at Ashley K. Pardo. I love hearing from you. My DMs are always open. And as always, if you enjoyed the show, please share it with somebody that you love and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes.